This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. A lot has changed in the past few years. We'll likely be seeing the impact of this pandemic long after it's over. Whether it's mask wearing or remote work, some things will just be integrated into the way we live. And that may also be true for QR codes. Those black and white squares that you scan your phone with to check into a building or access a digital menu. Before COVID, they were viewed as a bit of a novelty. Not many people actually used them. Maybe you'd spot them on some advertising at a bus stop, or perhaps you had to scan one to enter a promotion. But thanks to the pandemic, the QR code has seen a big revival. Our producer, James Parkinson, has this story. In many parts of Asia, wearing a face mask in public, particularly during flu season, has been considered normal long before the pandemic. Two years in, and people in Western countries are now very familiar with the idea of masking up. In a similar way, QR codes are something that have recently become more prominent in countries like the United States and Australia, but have actually been widely used in many Asian countries for years. In fact, the QR code dates back to 1994. The QR code has its roots in the barcode that you know you see if you if you go to the grocery store uh, but the the barcode had certain limitations and it fell to a worker for one of Toyota's subsidiaries to come up with a better concept Vince Guerreri is a freelance journalist and recently wrote an article for Popular Mechanics all about the QR code and its revival over the last couple of years The QR in QR code stands for Quick Response, and it was invented by Masahiro Hara while he was working at DensoWave, which made auto parts for Toyota. QR codes were a solution to managing their parts inventory, because unlike standard barcodes, they store significantly more data. It was a number of years, though, before QR codes would see other use cases, like linking to a website. How did the QR code kind of grow from, you know, being obviously used in in one company initially with this invention to becoming more widespread? Not without some fits and starts, uh, because it it took hold in in Japan and it was very and it is very popular in uh, Southeast Asia, very popular in China, thanks to some some apps like Alibaba and uh, a communications app as well. WeChat, the biggest messaging app in China, includes a QR code scanner, allowing you to scan codes within messages and make cashless payments through QR codes. There are a lot of countries in in Asia that that are far more cashless than the United States are. And so that's kind of how how it took hold. I mean, you have to remember when it was taking hold in Asia, this was the early 2000s. The ubiquity of smartphones is what really drove the popularity of QR codes, and it didn't really make its way to Western countries until the technology caught up. It never really took hold in America initially because you needed a separate app or separate technology or something like that to, to, to read them. And, and you know there were a lot of people who were unable to do that, unable to get that technology, or just disinterested in, in, in getting that technology so it, it kind of came and went but apple uh introduced a qr reader on the iphone android followed pretty soon after and all of a sudden everybody who was carrying around a smartphone which is everybody in america just about uh, 
had access to read the QR codes. You know, QR codes were kind of viewed as a bit of a novelty prior to the pandemic. What kind of use cases did we typically see before it really exploded? You know, I can remember I I subscribed to Esquire. I still subscribe to Esquire magazine. And there was an issue that had a big QR code on the cover. And, and they said, this is this is the next big thing. And it turned out not to be the next big thing. There were all kinds of uh, companies that were trying to use this for marketing purposes or interactive purposes. One of the one of the assets for QR codes is that it is off the shelf technology. You know, you don't have to modify it. You don't have to uh, really do a whole lot of work on the back end to make it work. But you have this technology that you can use and it can make your life easier. In Australia and many other countries, QR codes have also been used to help with contact tracing. Anytime you enter a supermarket, restaurant or cafe, for example, you check into that location by scanning the code at the entrance. Then, if there's an exposure at that location, people who are there can be notified. Because of this extensive use, QR codes are now showing up everywhere, including TV ads. More on that after a short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. Before the pandemic, you may have known what QR codes were and seen them around occasionally. However, a lot of people have only recently become aware of them. A global event will do that, though. In some areas of the United States, QR codes are even being used to provide proof of vaccination certificates. It is an easy way for you to carry information yourself, because the other way that it is, it is being used a lot in the, in the age of COVID is uh, it's being used to kind of take people who, who want to see proof of vaccination to your uh, health care provider or the county or the state department of health. Um, that will have that information. With increased awareness through public health initiatives, brands are also returning the QR code, seeing new opportunities to engage customers. What was once a marketing gimmick is now a widely recognisable technology. When people see a QR code, they know what it is and how to take action to scan it with their phone. A perfect example of this was an ad during the Super Bowl earlier this month. The QR code went prime time, but it also raised concerns. We saw uh, Coinbase, the cryptocurrency platform, advertising during this year's Super Bowl with uh, only a QR code bouncing around the screen with no context. 
Some have criticised Coinbase uh, in this ad, saying that it normalises the idea of scanning an unknown QR code without context, because in January, the FBI issued a warning over QR codes being used by cybercriminals to, to link to malicious websites that can still use information. Do you agree that this may cause some, some problems down the line? First with Coinbase, is I, I know that that's one of those things that, that you shouldn't do, but you know, I kind of feel like if you're willing to spend seven million dollars for a 30-second Super Bowl ad, you know, you're not the the kind of snatch and grab uh, criminal outfit that would use uh, that would be using your information for ill purposes. But yes, that is that is definitely a legitimate concern. A lot of cybersecurity issues arise from somebody. Uh, doing something they think is innocuous that they that that turns out not to be. It's it's you know people opening an email from uh, with an attachment from somebody that they think is a coworker, uh, but it turns out to be somebody spoofing your email address. So that there is a a legitimate, uh, I think, cybersecurity issue about this, and and also there is a there is a privacy component too and in uh, one of the the things I, I discovered in this story is is that the ACLU is taking this very very seriously and there are some instances where yeah you scan the QR code at a restaurant and it just takes you to the restaurant's uh, website but there are some instances where you know there are third-party uh, marketing companies market research companies you know people that are compiling a digital profile on you that may be using that for, well, I, I wouldn't say ill intent, but definitely not good intent. What do you think people need to be aware of to avoid being caught out by QR codes that are being used in this kind of malicious way? You know, there, there are certain universal rules about engaging online. You know, don't access a QR code that you, uh, that you are unfamiliar with. Don't blindly do that. If you're at a restaurant and they said we want to, we want you to scan your QR code, you can ask for uh, your standard paper menu. The PSA issued by the FBI offered several tips to protect yourself, including making sure that QR codes out in public haven't been tampered with, like if a sticker has been placed over the top of the original. Just a few years ago, the QR code looked to be fading out, at least in countries like the US. But the spotlight provided by the pandemic has seen it become an essential marketing tool. Use of QR codes is projected to soar over the next three years. The only question is, will it last? What does the future look like for the QR code? Are they here to stay, or do you think they could maybe fizzle out again in a couple of years? I don't know that they will fizzle out, but I think it's important to remember the QR codes came about because they were an advancement of barcodes. And there's no reason to believe that 10 years down the road, somebody doesn't come up with, you know, the proverbial better mousetrap and QR codes fall by the wayside or get more limited in their use. Also in the news today, 
The EU is deploying a cyber rapid response team after a call from Ukraine to help fight Russian cyber attacks. Eight to 12 experts from Lithuania, Croatia, Poland, Estonia, Romania and the Netherlands will work together to counter any Russian hacks. The team contains a range of expertise from incident response to forensics and will work to detect and mitigate cyber threats. Tesla is facing another lawsuit, with a former construction manager alleging widespread safety violations and race discrimination. In a lawsuit filed with the Alameda County Superior Court, Mark Cage claims Tesla's Fremont factory had racist symbols and slurs on the walls in the restrooms. He also claims that safety issues risked large explosions at the Nevada battery plant, and that Tesla failed to disclose serious injuries at their facilities. Tesla has faced a string of complaints and lawsuits about safety and racial discrimination in its factories in the past. And China is claiming that a piece of space debris that is on track to hit the moon does not come from one of its lunar missions. Astronomers have been tracking the debris, and despite some confusion initially over what it was, most evidence now points to it being a rocket from one of China's Chang'e missions. However, China claims the rocket booster in question actually burned up in the Earth's atmosphere. Whatever the debris actually is, it's due to hit the moon on March 4th. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced by James Parkinson and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. For more coverage, check out our website, thedefrag.com, and consider becoming a Defrag member. It'll help make the show sustainable, and you also get an ad-free version of the show. That's all we have today. I'll speak with you tomorrow.